0: Let's love Him tonight. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We adore you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the best thing that we could ever do in our life is to love the Lord. It's the greatest opportunity that we could ever have to love Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength amen thank you jesus praise the lord thank you so much music team for leading us in the presence of the lord you may be seated tonight thank you, jesus so um so if you have noticed pastor carter and brother robertson is not here so uh pastor carter is away and currently he's now uh, uh on travel going to zambia so uh, he's gonna speak and speak there for a conference so let's continue to pray for him that god will uh give him traveling mercies as the as he traveled to zambia and uh for brother robertson so let's pray for him he's not feeling well tonight so let's continue that uh, god will uh, touch his body and heal him tonight amen amen so you're stuck with me tonight (laughs) so you have a few minutes to uh spare amen so hopefully you'd listen amen so uh also, quick announcement: I forgot to mention men's breakfast and devotion to so every men's that are here tonight. So I want to invite everyone May twenty seventh. That's the last Saturday of the month. Nine in the morning here at the church in the fellowship hall. So please um, join us and uh, let's have a fellowship and let's have a great time together in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And um, uh, what else I'm gonna mention? I have to make sure that I uh, covered all the announcements. Anyway, before I proceed, also want to greet my wife. It's her birthday. Amen. So in the Philippines, it's already May 18. So if she's watching or probably later, just want to honor her and say happy birthday. And uh, yeah, PM sent. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, again, so uh, if you have your Bibles with you... uh, Let's open it in the book of Psalms 103, verse 1 to 5. So the Bible said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and Tender mercies. Last verse, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle swings. So tonight, my title is I Forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, so if anyone asks you tonight, what did you learn? You just say, I forgot. <laughs> so that's my title. Amen. I forgot. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's help that we remember tonight a message. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. Lord, as we read your word, as we study your word, I pray, let it be a nourishment into our souls. Let it be strength. Let there be, O oh God, an encouragement to us, O oh God, as we continue to serve you and walk with you day by day. Pray that you bless your people. I ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Have you ever been into a situation where it was your day off? It's a beautiful Saturday morning. And you get up, you are in the mood. I think you want to clean your house. Want to clean your house like, yeah, it's Saturday. It's my off. It's time to uh, clean your house. And, And there you go. You start sweeping. You start vacuuming. You start, you know, wiping whatever you can wipe, dust off everything, organize, and then you check your mails, and then you're checking, do I have to throw this mail or not? And, well, kind of like looking for your glasses now. You went to your couch and tossed everything, pillows, or have check every corners. And after five to ten minutes of looking, where's my glasses? And like, oh, <laughs> it's my head. It's in my. Head. I didn't realize it's all been. It's it's been there all along for how many long you've been looking, and it's just in your head, you know. So I'm not sure if you've experienced that, but my grandma she experienced that. I remember when I was there at their at his at her place. I was visiting, and she needed her glass, and I was uh, and she was bugging me like can you find my glasses i need i need to read something so, like that and then i wasn't paying attention at first but like when i look at her it's all by in her it's just in her here it's like yeah you check your head it's there <laughs> yeah so yeah so sometimes we forget things we we forget keys how many of you forget keys well i am the one i am also one of that victim I can imagine I got locked out my room for three times, and uh, Eugene can vouch at that for me, forgetting my keys, and uh, I'm not going to share how I get in again, but uh, <laughs> but I did lock out myself for a couple of times because I forget my keys in my room. Oh here again, here and there's also one nice thing: How about you forgot your spouse's birthday or anniversary? Oh, no, I'm not staring any pot tonight. <laughs> That's why I greet my wife already, so I'm not in trouble. <laughs> Amen. But, in, you know, in, in, in all, all things considered, we do sometimes experience that we forget things, right? Um, I was thinking, I was like looking and searching, why, why do we forget things? And I came across an article by Kendra Cherry, and... It's titled, The Psychology of Forgetting and Why Memory Fails. So uh, in her article, it says that there's, uh, so as you frankly, this is what she said, as you are frantically searching for your missing car keys, it may seem that the information about as where you left them is permanently gone from your memory. However, forgetting is generally not about actually losing or erasing this information from your long-term memory. Forgetting typically involves a failure in memory retrieval. So that's where the problem is. It's not that the the memory is all forgotten or erased, but it's the failure in memory retrieval. While the information is somewhere in your long-term memory, you are not able to actually retrieve or remember it. So why? Why do we have a hard time of the, the memory retrieval? Why do we forget? So they have the theory. They call it interference. interference theory. According to this theory, forgetting is the result of different memories interfering with one another. So basically what they were saying is you forget things or you forget to retrieve things because of some distractions or you know, overwhelming information that sometimes you can't process everything into your short-term memory. So that's one of their theory. So that's why sometimes it's easy for us to kind of like have a hard time retrieving the information in our minds. Well, as we move on, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses re- reiterate the commandments of the Lord to the new generation of Israel before entering the promised land. So that's the book of Deuteronomy is all about. So he went through all the commandments in the book of Exodus. And then all the kafafel happened. And then now in the book of Deuteronomy, they're about to enter the promised land. And Moses again here reiterating the commandments of the Lord for the new generation. And he says to them in Deuteronomy 6 and 12, Bible said, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. So he's been emphasizing, do not forget the Lord. After all the the whole ordeal they went through in the wilderness, Moses wanted to emphasize that all of those struggles and sacrifices could have been avoided if the people of Israel were just mindful of God, the one who delivered them out of Egypt. In Deuteronomy 4 and 9, he he again uh, reminded them and said, But watch out, be careful. Never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as, you long, as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. In Deuteronomy 4 and 23, here it is again. Take heed, in King James Version, take heed your, unto yourself, lest you forget the, command, the covenant of the Lord your God which He made with you and make you a green image and likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. So over and over again, Deuteronomy 32 and 18, New Living Translation, Moses said again to the new generation of Israel, you neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forget the God who had given you birth. So, Moses is Reiterating over and over again, telling this um, new generation of Israel to not forget the Lord, not forget the covenant. Always remember God wherever you go, as you go through, especially as you enter into the new season, as you enter the promised land. He's always emphasizing it. Now we go to New Testament. There's also a kind of similar... At some sort of situation listen to what jesus had said to his disciples in mark chapter 8. so in 8 uh, in mark chapter 8 in verse 14 you can read that it says but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food they had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat so basically if you analyze the verse. The disciples is starting again to worry because they don't have enough bread with them as they cross to another island. And if you read the book of Mark chapter 8, it started by uh, telling them the story of how Jesus fed the 4,000 through seven loaves and few fish. And how there was like 12 baskets that were left. And then, two chapters prior to that, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus uh, uh, performed a miracle where he fed the 5,000 through the five loaves and two fish. And there was a lot of, you know, baskets that were left. So, if you analyze the situation jesus have jesus did this miracle twice so meaning this miracle is not just a coincidence or this is not just a fluke or something whatever you call it but jesus did it twice because he's proving a point that he is capable of providing he is capable of you know stepping himself into a scene of the impossibility and show himself strong that even though there's a need He's showing them that because I am the bread of life, I can feed the thousand with whatever they have. But in Mark 4, 8, 14, they started to forget about it again. And if you read the, the verses after that, in verse 18 of Mark 8, Jesus was saying, You are having eyes, but you see not, and having ears, and you hear not, and do not remember when I break the five lobes among five thousand, how many baskets of full fragments took you up? They said unto him, Twelve. And when they seven among four thousand, how many baskets of full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And Jesus said, How is it that you don't understand? That all through those situations you were there with me. You have witnessed it personally, you have heard it personally. You were there. But how come you can still not understand it? And I guess it's always like a common denominator for the people of God, I would say, that sometimes, despite of all the miracles, despite all of the goodness that we have experienced all throughout in our lives, sometimes we do forget what God has done for us. We forget it. It's kind of like one of God's pet peeves against His people. This always to, we always seem to forget and of what God has done for us. In Psalms 100, 103, the verses that we have read, we can see that David wrote an exhortation through Psalms, and he encourages himself and commands his soul to bless the Lord. That's how he started that chapter. And then, as you go through the verses, and he said, And forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Instead of saying, he could word it like, remember the good things God has done. But he said, he rather said, don't forget what God has done. It means, don't ignore it. Do not cease or stop caring or looking for the good things that God is doing in your life. Because sometimes we get overwhelmed of things that are happening in our lives and we miss to celebrate the victories that are happening right now in your season in your life. Sometimes we get overwhelmed or, you know, because of the desire that we want more. There's nothing wrong with that. We... We pray for more, we pray for greater revival, we pray for greater harvest. We've been looking for greater things and that's not a problem, that's faith that we're exi- exercising, that we want to see that happen. But sometimes in the desire of looking at greater things, we kind of tend to forget what is happening on the present. That sometimes we forget the, to celebrate and rejoice over one Souls that have been baptized and repenting of their sins Or sometimes we forget to rejoice On the little breakthrough and victories That we've been experiencing at the moment Let's not forget His benefits Let's not forget or let's not miss the whole picture Of what God is doing in our lives Because we get caught up in all the details Because when God brings you into a new season, and to His purpose and in His will, God will not reveal to you all the details that God wants to do in your life. He just shows you the whole picture of what's going to happen. It's like the life of Joseph. When Joseph had that dream that he's going to be blessed and promoted and everything, he didn't understand anything of that vision and dream. It was really great and it was really exciting. That that's what's going to happen to his life. But God did not reveal all the little, little things that he's going to go through to reach that destination. And so sometimes, you know, God is trying to uh, get our attention. Just look at me. Look at what the big picture. Look at what I'm trying to do in your life. And celebrate in the moment of the little victories that you have. The word benefits in that in that in that uh, verse the hebrew word it means to win a child so it means that let's if we're not forgetting the benefit it means like as a child we will will not survive without the care of its parents and so we as a children of god we are also fully dependent on god as a source of everything so though, there's a lot of benefits if we're only going to try to focus our attention of what God is doing. A lot of things that, are, that we can consider ourselves, we are blessed people. And David kind of went through the, the benefits of the Lord as we serve God. What are the benefits that we have received from the Lord? First, he mentioned about Forgiveness. Sometimes we kind of just take for granted the word forgiveness. It's nice that we are forgiven, but the essence, the deepness of forgiveness, it's not just, you know, you cannot just contain it into the word until you experience forgiveness. We can talk about forgiveness here and explain what it means, but until you experience it, you won't totally appreciate the word that the Bible is telling. So forgiveness, what is, what is forgiveness? In Psalms 130, verse 3 and 4, some, this is something that we need to realize. The Bible said, Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O oh Lord, could ever survive? And verse 4, But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you aren't we thankful church that God doesn't have a tab of our wrongdoings he doesn't have a record or listing that every time that we make mistake he would write it down God doesn't do that he's not like that that's not the God that we serve he doesn't put like a tally okay for the whole week this is all your all your mistakes it's sometimes it's, if you realize sometimes it's better at school, the teacher gives you a test, you take it, and then at the end, they put score in it. But at the end of this, the test, all it matters is all the good things or the correct things, that they're going to put a score. It's not the mistake, but it's the score. So we focus on the good things. So I thank God. I thank God if we realize that for just a moment. You know, in in one day how many you know how many times we could consider that oh I fail again. I did something wrong. I failed. I I I fail. I had mistakes. But God, if you understand the word forgiveness, he doesn't keep a record of our sins. Forgiveness is so powerful that it can lift burden and shame people carry because of guilt. It can lift that burden on your shoulder. A lot of people outside in this world walking, you, th- you think that they got all together, figure out all together. But they have lots of baggages. They carry things in their shoulder that are heavy. Burden and shame and guilt because of sin. And also, what we, wanted, we need to understand that forgiveness is a transfer of burden. So when the Lord takes the burden out of you, it doesn't, it's not just, it's totally gone, but it's just a, if you understand it, it's a transfer of burden. So this is how it works. So when you forgive, you choose to spare the offender, and instead, you carry the load by yourself. That's why when you forgive someone, you became the bigger person. Because you spared that person of anger and bitterness of yourself. And when you forgive that person, instead of that offender carrying that guilt and shame and burden, when you forgive that person, you take that and you put it unto yourself. So that's how forgiveness works. It's a transfer of burden. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 24, If a man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Because following Jesus will take you lots of forgiveness to people. Forgiveness to others. He even said that you have to forgive someone 70 times 7 a day. Because the more you forgive, the more you carry the cross, the more you carry the burden. That's what it means that when you take up your cross, because as you serve God, as you follow Christ, if you really want to imitate the life of Christ, we also have that kind of forgiveness in our hearts. That when people offended us, there's got to be something in us that wants to forgive people. Because Christ is working in our hearts, in our lives. We don't carry bitterness. We don't carry anger. We don't let that You know, sit into our spirit, into our hearts. We don't want to do that. It's like a poison in our lives. We've got to learn to forgive. And that's what Jesus Christ did to us. When we come to Him in humility and ask for forgiveness, what happens in the Spirit is that Jesus will take and lift that sin, burden, and shame off of your shoulder and He carried it into Himself. He carries that burden for us. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 the Bible said, "He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds, you are healed. Thank God, hallelujah, that we have the forgiveness. Hallelujah, because of the cross of Calvary that when we come before Him, He's willing to take that burden and sin and shame for you and me. Thank God. Thank God. In Luke chapter 7, verse 47, there's a woman that came to Jesus Christ with an alabaster box. And in verse 47, Luke 7, Jesus said, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is given little shows only little love. What it means is sometimes we take for granted forgiveness because we felt like we're just forgiven little you know little things because we only we 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 try to do good things and we only commit little mistakes but we need to remember that there's no little or big sin it's all the same it's sin but sometimes we take for granted oh it's oh it's fine i did just a little mistake and here it comes a person that Messed up all throughout his life, did a lot of horrible things in his life. And then when he met Jesus Christ, changed his life, transformed his life, and he was forgiven and he was delivered and set free. Sometimes those people, you see how they respond to the grace of God. They, they are the ones who worship loudly. They are the ones who cl- clap their hands loudly. They are the ones who jump and dance and worship and everything that they got. They gave it to him because they felt that they have been forgiven more. And that's what Jesus was saying. They love me much because they are forgiven much. And some people shows little love because they've forgiven little. And we need to understand, church, that we are all forgiven by Jesus Christ. He gave us chance. We are here because of the grace of God. Hallelujah. That moment when God carried your loads and burden. And he, when he offered you his forgiveness, that time when he gave, you, when you you were about to give up in your life, and you just surrendered to God and said, "Lord, I'm just tired and done of living a life of sin, and I'm just tired of messing around, and I just want to live a new life." And that moment, at that time, when he reached out to you, that moment, don't forget that moment. Don't forget that goodness of God that He gave to you, how He transformed you into a new creature that's one of the benefits as we serve God thank God for his forgiveness let's clap our hands to the lord tonight church thank you God hallelujah thank you lord for your forgiveness second thing that david said in in the benefits they he mentioned healing everybody say healing When Jesus died at the cross, He gave a double cure for humanity. Cure for our sins and cure for our sickness and diseases. In James 5 verse 15, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So there's two things in there that's going on. You're healed by your physical sickness. And then also your sins are forgiven. So it's like a two sides of a coin. When God forgiven you with your sins, there's also an available healing to your body. In Exodus 15 verse 26, the Lord said to the nation of Israel, I am the Lord that healeth thee. That is the God that we serve. We still believe in miracles. We still believe in healing. We still believe in the power of God. And I believe all of us, is a story of healing and miracle. If we're going to share it, with, we're not going to have enough time. But I believe that we all have stories and testimonies of how God healed your body. That if not, it had not been for the Lord, you are not here. But because of His grace, but because of His power, but because of His healing, you are here. That's one of the benefits. I thank God. That there's healing that is available for you and me. If you are sick tonight, there's healing that is available to you. By faith, God's gonna reach out to you if you believe it. Hmm. In Luke 17, verse 11 to 19, it's a story of 10 lepers. Story of 10 lepers. So lepers in the Bible, they're all cast out. They're not allowed to mingle with people. They're supposed to distance themselves from their family. They're supposed to stay outside the city. They are cast out. They're looked down upon. You know, they're, they're, they're nothing in the society. That's how leper is. They don't have value in the society. And when they see people coming near to them, they're supposed to shout, unclean, unclean, just to warn people. So it's like, I'm coming near to you and I have a leper. I have to shout, I'm, I'm unclean. Just to let you know, don't come near to me. Don't come near to me. So those are the lepers in the Bible. And you can find all those details in Leviticus. But in this story, there were 10 lepers. They were sick and they met Jesus. In verse 17 to 19, Jesus asked, when he healed all those 10 people, that are leper. He said, didn't I heal ten men? And he asked, where are the nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He's talking about a Samaritan. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The nine lepers seemed to forgot the Lord after they were healed. Because the truth of the matter is, they were more excited for the healing than the healer. What else? Why they forgot to give, to give God the glory and thank Him for the healing. It's not a little thing. All throughout your life, you're cast out. You feel like you're not seen by people. And once you were healed, you even forgot to thank the Lord who healed you. And there's this one Samaritan who came back and gave God the glory. My point is, church, let's choose to be that one person that gives God the glory and thank Him for the healing that He received. I thank God for the healing that He has done for my life. That's one of the miracle and benefit. It's available to you, church. It's available to you. Mm. I feel the presence of God here. I believe there's a virtue of healing that is available to you. You can just stop in that atmosphere. Mm. Hallelujah. Third, the Bible said in Psalms 103, one of the benefits that David said is, you crown me of loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving kindness and tender mercies are, again, they are like two sides of a coin. You can always read them together Or they're always connected. Loving kindness and then then tender mercy. They're like synonyms. When Jesus or when God showed us His steadfast love and mercy, it means that that mercy is, you know, we don't deserve that. It's undeserved. There's no performance. There's no good deed. There's no, you know, uh, enough... Money to offer it for for your offering, that could earn his mercy, his grace. It's undeserved. It's not based on your performance. It's not like uh, you know in a company that if you perform well, you get a raise, you get a get a promotion. You know, God, it's not the same because you are not you're not employees. You are His children. We are His children. We are not after salary. We are. We have inheritance from the Lord. We have inheritance from the Lord. And there's no amount of action, good deeds that we can earn that. That's why there's something that we should rise up in ourselves to thank Him and give Him praise. Because of His steadfast love and mercy. Second, it means it is a forgiving love. He doesn't love you just because you are good, as I have said. He doesn't just love you because you went to the church faithfully doesn't love you because you gave faithfully you're involved in many things but he loved you the bible said that he loved you before you even loved him hallelujah before you know while we were yet sinners christ died for us i don't know about you but there's something in that you know that even though i'm not worthy but he he told me that i'm worthy that He gave His life for me and He saved me and gave me His kindness and love and mercy. There's a commentary that I've seen from James Limburg in Psalms 103. He said that the Hebrew root behind the words translated mercy in Psalms 103 verse 4. In verse 8, the word merciful. And He used compassion or pity twice. And in verse 13, the Hebrew word is rachem which means womb so it means to say that that mercy is a picture of a child in the womb of a parent that they gave, you know that it's that they, they give the un, the unwavering love the kindness the mercy it's it's there it's like a motherly love it's a fatherly love if you put it into a picture so that we as a people can have a grasp of what God, uh, you know, what God's loving kindness and mercy looks like and feels like. We just celebrated Mother's Day this Sunday. And we need to realize that a mother's love, God gave us mother so that through them, we can feel how God loves us. And He gave fathers so that we can understand what compassion is like, what pity is like, what, you know, what grace is like. Thank God for our parents. I thank everyone that is in here. You know what? I'm, over, I'm, I'm almost done, but I, it just came into my mind. A couple of weeks ago, been kind of, you know, meditating, praying. But I just want to take time and just to let everybody know that it's in here, all the elders. You, I just want to, I just felt that in my prayer that I just want to tell you that We appreciate you in behalf of my generation, in behalf of young people, in behalf of my generation in my age. You are not forgotten. You are appreciated. All the things that you have planted, we are now harvesting it right now. And because of your prayers and your faithfulness, we stand now where we are right now. And we are so grateful to you elders of this church and I just felt that I want to share that to you because you might, you know, somebody might need that words, that you are not forgotten, that you are noticed, that you are, you know, that you are valued, you are loved. In Jesus' name, we appreciate and I honor everyone that, that is in here. I'm almost done. So as I was talking about the mercy, Paul even used the word bowels of mercy in New Testament. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, he said bowels of mercy as, a, as he referred to that as a seat of our emotion. In the Old Testament, it's the word womb. But then, and then in the New Testament, it, Paul uses the word vowels inside. It's the seat of our emotion. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. I have a question. How many of us have received favor and blessing from the Lord that we haven't even asked, but He gave it anyway? There's a lot of things. You know, we've been praying a lot. We may have prayer lists. But of all those prayer lists, I'm sure that there are some prayers that we haven't even asked, but God gives it anyway to us. More than we thought that we needed, but it comes through on time. He crowns us and surrounds us with compassion. It overflows. His mercy is always new every morning. Every time you wake up, we wake up. Something for us to be grateful to the Lord. James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights with whom of is no variableness, neither shadow of turning thank god for that good gift every good gift tonight church this message that i'm sharing to you is something i hope that you won't forget but it's something that hopefully it would encourage us and strengthen us we don't worship and serve god and praise him for the sole purpose of just for benefit only We're not here because we're getting something from Him. But this message is a reminder that apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. And it's a way of acknowledging that He is the source of everything. People would go to different things, try to comfort them. Comfort food, comfort music. And then as Pastor mentioned uh, the staff had gone through a social media uh, fasting, and that was something that I really, really struggled, especially of my situation by just being alone, all my family on the other side of the world, you know. So, but it's something that, you know, it's really struggle, but sometimes we don't realize, but those little things, even social media, we cannot treat that as a, a, a therapeutic, <laughs> something that you can uh, help you cure your loneliness. But it's something that God revealed to me in that fasting is, doesn't matter how you go to social media, it is still God who is your comforter. That in your loneliness, He is still there that you can call upon Him. He is the source of everything. I'm closing, but when the Bible said, David encouraged himself to the Lord. There's one instance in David's life that the Bible said, He encouraged himself in the Lord. He was in a pretty bad situation. It was overwhelming, but the Bible said he encouraged himself to the Lord. Sometimes church, we might not get the encouragement from other people, from people in the church. Although that's the reason why we gather here to be a blessing to one another, encourage one another from our family. But there are some things that we might not get it from other people. And just like David did, when nobody can encourage him anymore, he encouraged himself to the Lord. And while I was pondering that scripture, I was thinking, could it be possible that when he encouraged himself to the Lord, That David told himself exactly what he wrote in Psalms 103. That he said that when he was in trouble, when he was experiencing a very heavy situation, he told himself, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. When he is having a hard time in his life struggling, he said to himself, bless the Lord, oh my soul and forget not all his benefits. Because there's more great things by being in the presence of God than being away from God. Sometimes people think that if I leave church or if, I, if they leave God, they thought everything would be better. But it's an opposite. Everything would go spiral downward when you start separating yourself from the presence of God. That's what happened to the prodigal son, but I'm not going to talk about that. But you want to go closer and near to the, to the Lord. So I have a question to you as, we, as I come to close. This is my third time saying close. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but if you were to encourage yourself during your hardship, in your struggle, what would you say to yourself? I'm not sure how you're going to encourage yourself, but may I suggest that when you encourage yourself, that you think about the goodness of the Lord, you go back to your memory lane of the past, of what God has done to you until now, and all the promises in the future that God has for you. Remind yourself, think of His goodness and everything that He has done and given you. Think of His goodness. Let's close, church. I want to ask Sister uh, Nicole again. We're gonna, I, wanna, I want us to sing a song, and then we're going to close. Can we all stand tonight, please? Thank you. I want to sing the, the song, When I Think About the Lord. It's a, it's a very special, dear into my heart. I remember during... 2010, around those time, our family were here experiencing a really rough situation that we experienced like we lost everything. Our house was burnt down. Lost everything. We're literally back to zero. And in that moment, in that situation, you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. And this is the one of the songs that try to remember and sing that despite of how hard and difficult situation is I remind myself of what the Lord has done for me so let's sing this song church when I think about it thank you for joining us today if you want more information connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca God bless you